I believe that the Lord has led me to this passage this morning, to Chronicles chapter 20. And uh, let's begin in verse number one. We won't read the entire chapter, the entire portion, but let's look together in verse number one. The Bible says it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazar Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Jump with me to verse number 12. O our God, Wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you please mark this phrase towards the end of verse number 12. And take notice of this verse, please, where King Jehoshaphat says, But... Our eyes are upon thee. The Bible records for us in this passage that news was brought to King Jehoshaphat that the Amorites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir all formed a coalition together to fight against Israel, against Judah. And King Jehoshaphat quickly realized that he was outnumbered. They did not have the manpower nor the resources to fight off this great army that was coming against the people of God. So the Bible records for us here in verse number four that Judah gathered themselves. Verse three tells us that King Jehoshaphat proclaimed the fast and he called all the inhabitants of Judah to come and to pray and to fast and to ask help of the Lord. And in his prayer, King Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of the people of God. And he proclaimed in his prayer in verse number 12, he said this, For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. He came to the Lord and said, Lord, we don't know what to do in this circumstance. We do not have the power nor the might, but the only thing that we know to do in this Battle. The only thing that we know to do in this circumstance is to keep our eyes upon you. And there are so many times, so often in the Christian life, where the Lord allows trials and difficulties and battles and storms. And you see, the great test of our faith is not what we do to get ourselves through the, through the difficulty. It's not what we do to get ourselves through the trial, but rather it is this one thing. Are we keeping our eyes upon the Lord? Or are we keeping our eyes upon the circumstances? 
In Matthew chapter 14, the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to pass unto the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Then the Word of God records for us that the disciples encountered a storm. While they were in the boat, there was a storm and they thought that they were all going to perish. Then they saw someone walking on the water and they were afraid because they thought it was a ghost. But it was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples as they were on the ship, as they were so fearful, he said, Be of good cheer, be not afraid, it is I. Then Peter, that bold disciple, said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Then Jesus said, Come. Then Peter, having his eyes fixed upon Jesus, stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. But the Bible tells us that the moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he placed his eyes on the winds and the waves which were boisterous, he began to sink. Showing us that when we find ourselves in the storms of life, the moment we take our eyes off of Jesus and we place our eyes on the circumstances around us, we will begin to sink. And I want to ask you this morning, are your eyes upon the Lord Jesus in the midst of your trial? Or are your eyes upon the circumstances that are in front of you? Here we find where King Joseph had said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but we're going to keep our eyes upon you. And it's interesting that the response of the Lord to King Jehoshaphat and the people, and I believe that as we look into this passage of scripture, we can be encouraged. The first thing I want to show you is that if we are going to keep our eyes upon the Lord in times of trouble, if we're going to keep our eyes upon the Lord in times of battle, the first thing we have to see here in this passage of scripture is that we have to dismiss all fear and discouragement. We have to dismiss all fear and discouragement. Notice with me in verse number 15. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The Lord told his people, even though the multitude is in front of you, he said, do not be afraid of what's in front of you. Why? Because the battle is not yours to fight. But it's the Lord's. So God told his people, do not be afraid. I want to ask you, are you afraid? Because truthfully, one of the tactics of Satan that he uses upon the lives of believers is fear. If we can walk around all fearful, we are of no good use to the Lord. That's why the word of God tells us that, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It is not for God's people to walk around afraid because of the circumstances that are in front of them. The Lord told his people, do not be afraid. We should not be afraid of the circumstances that lie in front of us because of who God is. In the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The word of God tells us that God is able. And what is this able God able to do? The Bible tells us that he is able to do more than we ask 
And he is able to do more than we think. And because we serve a God that is able to do all things, there should be no reason why we as the people of God, we who claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, walk around afraid and fearful because of the circumstances and because of the battles that lie in front of us. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 27, the Lord asked his people uh, an interesting question. He said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Your trials, your battles, the things that, that, that you are dealing with today, I want to ask you, are those things too hard for God? He said, is there anything too hard for me? And we find that answer in the same chapter where Jeremiah the prophet says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast created the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. So because we serve a God who in whom there is nothing too hard for him to do. There should be no reason why we, as the people of God, walk around so fearful and afraid. He said, be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. Often, Christian people get the idea that God is on the balcony of heaven, wringing his hands, wondering and trying to fix things up. But can I submit to you that the, that the Lord is on his throne? Nothing just happens. Remember when Satan wanted to tempt Job in the book of Job, he had to go to God for permission first. The Lord had to allow the trouble. The Lord had to allow the trials to come. Nothing just got over the Lord, showing that the Lord is in complete control. There is nothing that just happens to us. There is nothing that just falls on our laps that is not known unto the Lord. We serve a God that is entirely sovereign. He is in complete control. And because of that, the Lord told his people, don't be afraid. The battle that's in front of you, the, the, the test that's in front of you, it is not for you to fight, but it's for me. So we find that fear should not play a role in the minds of God's people. We should not walk around afraid because of the battle that's in front of us because we find in verse number 15, the Lord told his people, do not be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude that's in front of you. And the second thing I want to show you is that if we're going to keep our eyes upon the Lord in times of battle and times of difficulty, we have to know and believe that the Lord has already given us the victory. The Lord has already given us the victory. Notice with me in verse number 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. The word of God tells us, God says, the Lord is with you and go out against them. And notice he doesn't say, and see the salvation of the Lord that will come to you. But God says, and see the salvation of the Lord that's already with you. And, and the reason why the, the salvation of the Lord was already with them is because at the end of verse number 17, the Bible says, for the Lord will be with you. 
You see, the salvation, the the victory is with the Lord and the Lord is with us. So we have to see that God has already given us the victory. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said it well. He said, he that counts the stars in the sky and calls each of them by their name is in no danger of forgetting his own children. He knows your case as thoroughly as though you are the only creature that he has ever created or as though you are the only child that he has ever loved. There is no reason why we, as the people of God, should be afraid. And the victory was already given unto them. Often what the people of God do is as they come to church, they take, they take their, their, their problems, their sorrows, their difficulties, and they put it on the coat rack outside. And they come into the house of the Lord, they enjoy the preaching, the music, the fellowship. They enjoy being with one another, but the moment the service is over, they go back to the coat rack. They pick up their problems again, and they just try to deal with everything themselves. And and oftentimes, we as the people of God can begin to dread the mundanes of life. But God told his people, no, tomorrow, verse 16, go ye down against them. He said, go and face them. The trial that's in front of you, the battle that's in front of you, go and face it. God said, the the, the victory is already with you. Tomorrow, verse 16, go ye down against them. Verse 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. I believe that there are so many battles and trials that the Lord would, would fight and the Lord would give us a victory if we would just stop fighting it ourselves. In verse 17, he said, stand ye still. Set yourselves, stand ye still. One of the most difficult things to do in the midst of the fire is to do that. When the trials are hot, when the difficulties arrive, is to set yourselves and stand still. And simply just see the salvation of the Lord. When the disciples were on the ship and when they were afraid, Jesus was already there with them. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, the Lord Jesus Christ was with them. It doesn't matter where you are at or what the circumstances are. If you're a child of God, the Lord Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So in verse number 17, he said, and just see the salvation of the Lord. See the victory that God will give Unto you, because the Christian life is a victorious life. We have the victory because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and one of the most interesting things happened in this account. News was brought to King Jehoshaphat that the armies were coming out against Judah. King Jehoshaphat realized that he was outnumbered. He did not know what to do. The only thing he knew to do was to pray and to call a fast and to ask the Lord for help. And then the Lord instructed them, don't be afraid. The battle is not yours. The Lord said, I'm going to fight for you. And then King Jehoshaphat did the most unusual thing. Verse number 19, pardon me, verse number 20. It says, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness into Teoka. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, And the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. 
and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. It's interesting as the people of God were going out to fight this great army, King Jehoshaphat consulted a group of people to go in front of the army. And they were not fighters. They were not going out with swords and shields or anything like that. The only thing that they were doing was that they were singing unto the Lord. They were praising the Lord as they were going out into the battle. They were praising God. And in verse number 22, the Bible says, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. This is an incredible thing. They were going into battle. They were outnumbered. They did not know what to do. And they began to sing and to praise the Lord in the midst of the battle. And the Bible says the moment and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord said ambushments. How beautiful of a thing it must be to the ears of the Lord. In the midst of trials, we count it all joy and we sing unto the Lord. In the midst of the difficulty and in the midst of the storm, we begin to praise the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Because you see, the moment that they began to do that, the moment that they began to sing, the Bible says the Lord set ambushments and delivered his people. Could that be what the Lord is waiting for us? In the trials, in the difficulties, we begin to sing and to praise the Lord for his goodness to us. In verse 18, the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You see, when we come to times of battle and trials, we must worship the Lord. They bowed their head to the ground. They began to worship the Lord. They began to sing unto the Lord, even though they were outnumbered, even though they didn't know what to do. They worshiped God. And the Lord was pleased and the Lord delivered them. Showing us that that when these things come to us, take your eyes off of the things that are in front of you. Take your eyes off of the external things and look unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as the psalmist David said in Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. Take your eyes off of the circumstance. Take your eyes off of the trial and lift them up unto the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help cometh from above, not from man. The Bible tells us, for vain is the help of man. Circumstances will always change. Men will always fail you. But can I submit unto you that Jesus Christ is that rock that will never move. He is that rock that will never change. And if you look to him, you will find yourself satisfied. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from Above, This is even the very definition of faith that we find in the book of Hebrews. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand 
of the throne of God. For consider him. Consider Christ. Look unto Jesus. That's the definition of faith. Looking unto Jesus. Keeping my eyes upon Jesus. And consider him. The book of Numbers, the Bible tells us how the children of Israel, it gives us kind of a little history, but it tells us the children of Israel, uh, they murmured against Moses and they murmured against God on, on an occasion. And the Lord was so displeased with them that he sent fiery serpents into the camp. Those fiery serpents bit many of the people of God and they were sick, many died. Then they had realized that this was the judgment of God upon them because of their murmuring against Moses and thus their murmuring against God. So the elders went up to Moses and said, Moses, please pray for us that the Lord would remove this from us. And Moses did just that. And you know the story. The Lord gave Moses instructions to take the serpent, to put it upon the rod and to lift it up. And whosoever was bitten by the fiery serpent, if they would simply look to the one that Moses lifted up they would be healed. Signifying and picturing how Jesus Christ would be lifted up upon a cross for the sins of the world. And that if anyone would look to Jesus, they can be saved. Have you ever thought the, of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ allowed men to take nails and to put it through his hands and nails, nails to put it through his feet? As Jesus Christ was at the Garden of Gethsemane, it was he who went up to the garden and said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And the Lord Jesus responded, I am he. They all fell back with amazement and many fell on the floor. And Jesus Christ willfully went to the cross knowing the shame, knowing the humiliation that he was going to face. But in love, he died upon that cross so that we can have everlasting life. And Jesus Christ was lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Someone said, who killed Jesus? The Lord Jesus said, no man taketh it from me. But I lay down my life. The Lord Jesus Christ willfully laid down his life. For the sins of the world. And now... If we would look to Christ, if we would call upon Christ, we can be saved. You see, this message is the same for the, for the believer and for the unbeliever. For those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, look to the Lamb of God. I love the testimony of Spurgeon as that, as that lame uh, preacher preached on that snowy morning. He said, look unto the Lamb of God. Look unto the Lamb of God. And that morning, Spurgeon said, that morning I looked to Jesus and I found in Christ everlasting life. For the unbeliever, it is the same, pardon me, for the believer, it is the same message. Are you in a time of trial? Are you in a storm? Are you in a battle? It's the same message. Look unto the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. The only one who can help. Take your eyes off of the things that are seen and, and, and turn them to the, thing that are, that, that, the things that are not seen. The Savior. I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That he is with us. And that we as the people of God have no need to be afraid. And that although through this journey on this earth we may find 
trials and difficulties, the Lord himself, the word of God tells us in the book of Revelation that God shall wipe away every tear. Jesus Christ himself said, let not your hearts be troubled. So many troubled Christians today. Troubled about the circumstances of our day. Troubled about things that are going on at home. Troubled about so many things. I could begin to list them off. But Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is coming again? I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is coming back. And he's promised that he has prepared a place for us. So dearly beloved, as we go through this journey of life, even though we'll face trials and even though we'll face troubles, we can look to Jesus knowing that this is only temporary. This is only temporary. And the Bible even tells us, the Apostle Peter said, Brethren, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. It is natural and normal for the child of God to go through storms. It is natural and normal for the Christian to face difficulties. Peter said, don't think that something strange is happening. But rather rejoice. For it was given unto Christ to suffer and it has been given unto us on behalf to suffer for his name's sake. We will suffer. We will go through trials. But even in, those midst, in the midst of those trials, God will be with us. God never promised us as, as children of God that we would not go through them. But he has promised us that as we go through them, he will be with us. He will sustain us and he will keep us. Therefore, as King Jehoshaphat said and as he demonstrated, may we be those that would even walk out this building this morning with our eyes upon Jesus. Everything may be falling apart. The world may be in total chaos. But we can keep our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can have peace in the midst of the storm. In Psalm 46, the psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear. Though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right earth. Dearly beloved, God is a present help. He is a refuge. And, and because of these things, we should not fear. Even though the waters are a roar and be troubled, even though the earth be removed, the very worst that happens, because God is our refuge, because God is our strength, and because God is our, a very present help in trouble, we can look unto the Lord and say, Lord, we're just keeping our eyes upon you. Lord, we, you, you're the only one that can help. Lord, you are our refuge. You are our strength. There's no one else. If I look and I rely on someone else, I'm going to be disappointed. But if I keep my eye upon you, my eyes upon you, 
If I trust in you, I will not be ashamed. So may God help us to be those that keep our that keeps our eyes upon Jesus. Take your eyes off of your circumstance. Take your eyes off of your troubles. And place them upon our dear Savior. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful this morning that you are with us. And that your word provides so much comfort for us. And even though in this life we face often so many trials and difficulties, you have showed us in your word that we are not to fear, but we are to keep our eyes upon you. Forgive us, Father, for when we have taken our eyes off of you, when we have placed our eyes upon our circumstance. Forgive us, Father, for when we have been so fearful and faithless. And I pray, Father, even from this day forward and forevermore, this will not be named among us. Father, we thank you for our dear Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was lifted up upon a cross for our sins, that we can have everlasting life through his blood. Father, we're thankful for the precious promises that we find in your word that if we would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll be saved. I pray, Lord, for each and every person here who is present this morning and for all those who are watching via live stream that we would truly be those that have our eyes upon our Savior, no matter what the circumstance may be, knowing, Lord, that you are in total control. As you have told us in your word that we can have a, a, certainty, a certainty, we can have a, a surety that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Lord, we are thankful that you are able to take the things that are good and take the things that are bad and work them all out for our good and for your glory. And that we have no need to fear. So bless us even now. And we're thankful for your precious word that is ministered to our hearts today. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen.